0: Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations.
1: Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash Pemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a fabulous episode of The Pemberley Podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking about our reading-watching thing, because we have each read and watched something the other suggested previously on the podcast, Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to get into it. But before we do that... We have a quick Jane Austen-related announcement. As you all know, they are making Masterpiece Theatre is making Sanditon, and they released some first look images from there, and they look good. We're period. gonna yeah, period.
1: We're gonna see how that goes. Yeah, you see a preview of like Theo James of Rose Williams in their costumes and their dress, like just gazing out to the sea and looking beautiful. Yeah, and it's like, what's out
0: there? What's but like, what's in here? And I'm <laughs> what's like in pointing, your heart? Pointing to my heart. <laughs>
1: yeah, we actually had posted a picture once, um, tagging her on our Instagram, and she liked the post.
0: So I don't wanna say that Rose Williams is a huge fan of the Pemberley podcast. Right. But but I'm ninety nine percent sure that she's a really big fan of ours. Yeah.
1: And if you don't follow us on Instagram, I mean you're missing out on quality content that Rose Williams herself has liked. Has deemed
0: worthy of liking.
1: Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we'll hear from their team soon and we'll get to, you know, visit set or something. Exclusive and, like, content. like Go to the premiere. Walk or, on roles. You yeah, know. that sort of thing. i really... It'll come. It'll, it'll come. It's going
0: to happen for us. <laughs> I feel it in my soul. Yeah.
1: So even though there's no set date yet, actually, for the premiere, we just know sometime in 2020... Clearly, they're filming. Clearly, like, we're finally getting images. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, not end of 2020 <laughs> would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything, we're like a year out from seeing the series. That's
0: crazy that 2020 is a year, less than a less year than from a now. Because we're like at the halfway mark through 2019. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. it's going to be the 20s, the roaring 20s. And I'm like, <laughs> really looking forward to it.
1: So with that, let's go into things that we're reading and watching. So uh, a
0: couple of episodes ago, Yolanda, you mentioned watching a show on Amazon called Fleabag, <laughs> which is a British show. I even think when you talked about it, you would only been one season in and there's yeah. two and there that's all there's going to be, just yep, two seasons, forever. Uh, which is like a British show about this woman who's kind of a train wreck yeah. and she's messed up her life and now she's kind of picking up the pieces. And I kind of don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil it. Right. But I've we've both since watched both seasons, mm-hmm. and it's an incredible show. It's so poignant, and it's funny, and it's uncomfortable, and it's just like some very real
1: humor. And if you've seen Sherlock, uh, the actor who plays Moriarty, Andrew Scott is also in season two, and he plays... What's become known on the internet as the hot priest. So. Yeah. What I really love about the show Fleabag
0: is most of the characters don't have names. Yeah. Um, for only example, the, the, the
1: sister has a name. The, yeah.
0: And uh, dad, the, her dad is dad. Yeah. Um, her godmother is godmother. The t- I remember, I like got through the first two episodes of the first season of Fleabag, and I was like. What's her name? Like I never heard anyone call her 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 name, and I like Googled it, and it's just Fleabag. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's really great. We yeah. encourage you all to watch it, but I, I recommend this is for mature audiences. <laughs> mature audiences only. Mature audiences only. So only if you feel like you can handle high drama high sexual tension <laughs> stuff like that but let's go to my favorite my other favorite part of this um i was gushing about Laura olympus mm-hmm. a couple of episodes ago and you've
1: started reading it yes i've been getting increasingly i don't know what I want to say this threatening text from jillian <laughs> <laughs> about my progress in this web uh, webtoons comic i was like gonna (laughs) correct
0: you and then i'm like no i like text you at 11 o'clock at night like not that i care not that it like really matters to me but like how far have you gotten in lower (laughs) than this (laughs) well i'll tell you why because like i as soon as i read this whole thing i like fell in love and i like texted it to everyone in my life and like including you and you're the only person who's like who is like starting to like it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. So it's like
1: very important that we're like on the like I need to know <laughs> what we can talk about, you know? <laughs> yeah, which I'm about halfway through right now. It's difficult because it's like the, the illustrations and the art is so well done it's so beautiful so i do want to take my time to read it but it is like a a quick read like you can get through um these episodes really quickly it's this mixture of like i want it to last but then i also like want to get through the story because she is still actively releasing it right yeah
0: no it's funny when i first started reading it and i think i talked about this last time i because I, I saw little episodes where I saw the author, the creator, Rachel Smythe, write to her audience, like, mm-hmm. I'm on hiatus, but like I'm right. going to be back next week. And I'm like, oh, I see there were some suckers out there who had to wait. <laughs> yeah Good thing I, because there's like 65 episodes out or something. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have to wait. Just kidding. It's far from being done. I don't know right. how much longer it's going to go on. But uh, no, you. if anyone starts now, you will have to wait
1: Yeah, <laughs> a which, very long time. In case you don't know, Lore Olympus um, centers around the story of Hades and Persephone. And it's all around the gods and goddesses and their stories and it's told in a both modern and ancient setting, which is very interesting. I think mm-hmm. you obviously Jillian talked about it already, but still, it's really well done. And I really am enjoying, enjoying it. Even like the Q and A, I think um, when she does take those breaks in between episodes are really interesting because it's like reasons why she chose Persephone to be this color or things like that are really cool insights that she gives.
0: Full disclosure: I have ordered a Laura Olympus T shirt. Nice. Uh, it is shipped i got the email yesterday I'm very excited. <laughs> and it's this is when i'm gonna this is where i'm gonna bring this up i feel like part of the reason why you and i are so into it is because there are a lot of similarities between hades and persephone's relationship and lizzie and darcy's relationship in i will explain my uh, okay pov okay, go ahead. um hades is sort of like a grumpy hero i mean like he's sort of you know, distant, like, he's very kind and very generous to the people in his life, but he's, like, very cautious about who he lets in, and so he can be very cold, he can be very this, he's also, like, a rich and powerful CEO of the underworld, he's king of the underworld, Mm -hmm. and, like, Lizzie is not, she's different, like, Persephone is very, like, naive, and very, like, uh, flowery, and very, like, young, and Lizzie isn't quite that level, but she's still kind of, like, the joy that, like he can't help but let into his life. Yeah. There's one line specifically, and I'm bringing it up because this is going to be the t-shirt that I will own. And the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, Darcy has that famous line. He doesn't even have it. Um, Ashley Clements has it where she's like, Lizzie's decent enough. Yeah. And so Hades has this line where he gives a nice coat to Persephone. And she's like, how do I look? And she's like, gorgeous. And he's like, you look sufficient. (laughs) So that's what my t-shirt is. It's like Hades going like, you look sufficient. Like, I guess, even though he's like very in love with her. He has to like, keep it a secret.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I think they remind me a little more of actually the Twilight Edward Bella relationship in terms of, it's interesting because I mean, they are both, he's, uh, he's obviously like god of the underworld and she is like this she's the goddess of spring yeah so i think there there is still that power imbalance between them and also given the fact that she's so young and he's so much older mm-hmm. um yeah by like
0: thousands of years yeah <laughs> that's yeah, where yeah. that i can see where the edward bella thing would come in there so i think
1: in the same way like there's Yeah, I can see like a bit of the Lizzie and Darcy, but I think Lizzie is so much more aware of herself and intelligent and like can stand her ground. And I I think that comes with just her own maturity of where she's at in her life. Whereas Persephone is still very young and she still has like a lot to learn. But yeah, I think if you enjoy like kind of those kinds of relationship dynamics in your stories, you would definitely enjoy this one as well.
0: Speaking of stories... Let's (laughs) (laughs) Let's <laughs> <laughs> speaking of stories. I'm always like really smooth with
1: these transitions. Let's go into this week's episode of Emma Approved. Yeah, so previously on Emma Approved, Jane Fairfax received a gift from an unknown sender, and Emma wants to know who sent it. We are getting
0: to the bottom of this.
1: <laughs> Starting with episode 53, Gossip Girl, written by Anna Avila. Emma starts out by saying that gossiping, it's not something that she wants to do and is definitely not encouraged, but she really wants to know who sent Jane that laptop. Even though she's had a conversation with Jane already, Jane did not want to disclose any details or just kind of wrote her off saying, I don't know, it's nice, I have a laptop, cool. Emma has not let it go and she wants to know who sent it. I gotta be honest, if it were me, I would
0: have let it go by now. I would have been really hyped about it the first 10 minutes, and then I would have just gone on with my day. But not Emma Woodhouse. Emma Woodhouse... Wants to get to the bottom of everything going on. This is she's getting very meddly. She's slipping back into her meddling ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's almost like it's quite an obsession to the point of like, why do yeah. you want to know this badly? Because I, I think it's one of those things where like if that happened in your office, it'd be like, oh, someone got and they don't want to tell you. You're like, oh. And you fear either eventually the information will come out, or I'll just never know. And you have to be fine with either one.
0: And that's it. Do you think she wants to know because she- she just wants to know or do you think she wants to know because she thinks it indirectly has something to do with her like she's like does someone in my life to somebody that i know is she, are they sending jane fairfax expensive laptops and does that affect something about me
1: Maybe. I mean, is it like a, a jealousy thing too of like she's getting like this expensive gift and, and flowers? I haven't gotten anything and or no one sent me something like that, sort of thing. I think maybe there is a jealousy factor to it because why would she care this much? Like if someone sent something to Harriet and Harriet didn't want to say I, I don't almost know. feel like it
0: would be more hurtful if Harriet didn't say because like Harriet tells Emma everything. Yeah. But Jane is, like...
1: Well, that's interesting. So I feel like she should be
0: used, like, because she's already... The thing she doesn't like about Jane is that she doesn't like to share, you know? Like, yeah. Like, she acknowledges that it's, like, very difficult to dislike Jane personality-wise because mm-hmm. she is a good person and she wants to do a lot of good for people. She's just annoyed that, like, she never wants
1: to share information. I think it's because, too, this is such... To Emma, an open office where they share everything and she pulls information out of everyone so easily. Mm -hmm. And Jane is the one person she can't do that with Mm -hmm. as much as she tries to. She can't. So I think that's what's frustrating for her is like she's kind of broken down everyone else. But Jane is the one person she can't break down. (laughs) She's not snapping. Yeah. That's that's
0: true. Um, And so Harriet comes in. And she's like, 200 guests have
1: RSVP'd for the bachelor and yeah, bachelorette which auction. Which is an impressive amount of people. It's a lot of people. I want to just know how influential is Frank? I know. He's a big deal. <laughs> Maybe there's like a
0: lot of women who want to go on dates with
1: him. Yeah. He's like
0: this charismatic, handsome, smart, charming business guy mm-hmm. who has a great personality and also rolls his pants up to the point of, that they look like capris. Yeah. It's just something I noticed, which is fine. It looks great on him.
1: Harriet talks about the fact that she was just talking to Jane and this like alerts Emma she's like oh you were talking to Jane what were you talking about when did you talk to her what did you talk about and and, like because it seems like Harriet has this, this very easygoing casual work relationship with Jane that's being built up Emma's like how come I don't have that why doesn't Jane open up to me but I don't think it's like Jane's opening up to Harriet. They're just like having casual water cooler conversations, nothing major.
0: I also feel like maybe, and I'm just making this up, you know, it's easier to have like a superficial conversation with Harriet. Like she's not, she's not trying to get to the bottom of anything. There's not
1: history between them. No. And there's not a a competitiveness between them. It's just like, you are my coworker. I'm working, like, you know, we're just... Happy to be here. Just chatting. Yeah, that's all. We're also, both getting coffee at the same time. We have to talk to each other. And also,
0: like, Harriet is not bothered by these uh, character traits of Jane. So she's right. not trying to get more information out of, how are you doing? You know, like, a how are you from Emma is like, tell me everything that happened to you in right. the last week. Give me the rundown. Who did you talk to? How did they make you feel? Whereas Harriet's just like, how are you doing? And she's like, good. And like, that's good enough for Harriet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The one informa- one piece of information, though, that we do get from Harriet is that Jane missed her best friend's wedding. She missed her best friend's wedding? Why? Why couldn't she stay in London a little bit longer? It's not like she was doing a lot the first two months she was here. If there was no rush to get to California, why wouldn't you just stay? Mm-hmm. So to Emma, she's like, this is it. This is the the sign or the red flag I've been trying to find or track down. Why did she have to leave London so soon?
0: This very much reminds me of, you know, the first client situation where Emma used a lot of back channeling, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of big thinking to think like, why is Annie like insecure? Like, what does she want to cancel the wedding? And like through a lot of thin air, she pulled together the fact that like Frank Churchill wasn't going. And so like she didn't feel welcome and she fixed it all. This reminds me so much of that, because she's like, why? And then she goes to her best friend and the best friend's husband. And she doesn't say it, but I think she's implying, like, is Jane secretly in love with the husband kind of thing. Yeah. Like, she doesn't say it, but I feel like it's there, because she's, like, talking about this gift is probably from an admirer, not a friend. And she's like, oh, and she's married to this guy, and they always refer to – she always refers to them as them, not as her and her husband. Right, you which know? Is,
1: kind of comes in once Frank comes into the office – And together, they're kind of going over this conspiracy theory. And Emma's trying to, like, bounce ideas off of Frank to be like, what do you think? And this is what I think. And, you know, very much so the Emma conspiracy and gossiping thing that she does best, even though she said at the beginning, no gossiping. Am I sensing a scandalous story, Emma Woodhouse?
0: I'm not saying that Jane or Peter Dixon did anything wrong, but they were all very close. Frank's doing his classic thing where he's over... What's so funny is, like, none of us, the audience, because, like, it's based on Emma, so we all knew he and Jane were secretly together. Yeah. But definitely I never would have, like, thought of that, mostly because of the differences in their personalities. Yeah. But then he does his classic overcompensation thing where he's, like, the practical Miss Fairfax. Yeah. And I'm, like, (coughs) overcompensating. Yeah.
1: Emma mentions that everyone in the office has agreed to be part of the auction, And he's like, oh, you even got Jane? Okay. So he just, like, continues to try to, like, take jabs at Jane, Mm -hmm. which, like, Emma loves secretly, Mm -hmm. too. So she's like, yeah, I have someone on my side about hating Jane. Because everyone else in the office with Alex and with Harriet, they both like Jane.
0: I feel like Frank is overcompensating, and he talks a lot about Jane not getting a lot of bids because he secretly doesn't want her to get any bids because he doesn't want her to go out with anybody else. Yeah. Even though it's, like a professional kind of date, I think he gets really jealous really easily. He just seems like that type.
1: He does. Harriet mentions that she's also been helping a lot uh, with Jane's laptop and setting that up. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's Harriet's job. But also they did have an IT person. They do have an IT person. Who could also be helping with this. And so Harriet can get to her event coordinator tasks and not slash IT person tasks. (laughs)
0: Is Emma really impressed that Harriet has figured out computer stuff? Right. Or is she impressed that she knows enough that they don't have to call in a certain computer
1: expert? Yeah. She just doesn't want Beemar anywhere near this office. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm.
1: <laughs> Emma and Frank continue to speculate about the laptop. Frank is like, I'll go and go, I'll go to her office and I'll ask her, you know, what's this whole laptop deal about? He volunteers his tribute. He's very quick to want to go speak to Jane. That he is. Which just
0: kind of leaps out of the room.
1: I know, I haven't seen them in a while. I know that there are videos of just Frank and Jane. There's like a separate- There's a uh, and trans- a I remember. Like a separate transmedia series of just them. Mm. So I'm sure if we watch those two, we'd get more answers and see their dynamic play out. Very true. Because it is like we haven't in the main series, haven't seen them in the same room together yet. But we just seeing them separately, they're such different personalities. It's tough to imagine what they'd be like together. Yeah. Uh, let's dive into the next
0: episode, 54, The Dating Game, also written by Anna Avila. We're still on Emma with the mockery of Jane. Yeah. Like, we haven't dropped it. No. We haven't
1: let it go. It's still happening. She's, like, very much so, like, even says that line in a mocking Jane way. And I asked Jane, but she didn't know anything about any photo. <laughs> of course she didn't. I'm Jane Fairfax, and I have no information whatsoever about anything that may be of interest at all. Which even, like, Harriet's looking at her like, are you okay? Like, yeah. Do you not like Jane? You, it's okay if you don't like Jane. You can say it. But Emma is so aggressively like, no, I like Jane. She's yeah. fine. I'm fine with Jane. Why does everyone think I hate Jane? Stop looking at me. <laughs> I know, Harriet's like, you know, for someone who says she likes
0: Jane, you do a really good impression <laughs> of not liking her yeah. at all. And so she's kind of, like, hammering in there. And then we get our new addition, Annie Weston comes in. Yeah, we mm. haven't seen Annie in a while. I know, which Emma takes note of.
1: Yeah. I think we only see her when she has to drop something off. I know.
0: <laughs> she's married now. And yeah. She's busy being a married lady.
1: She comes to drop off the picture that Frank forgot to drop off, or, you know, quotes forgot to drop off. What? What? Dropping off a
0: picture? IRL? Have they not heard of email and uploading so, and you know. sending and texting selfies? I just, I feel like there's a lot, a, a really easy solution here. And it's not like Annie driving across town right, to hand over like a school phone. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm just saying. It's a good point. It
0: doesn't matter because like. She's here and she wants to see Yeah, out,
1: I think but. they just needed a way in for her for Annie to be at the office and this was their way
0: in. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like she needs to that was it. a uh, picture because it's hard to send those over
1: electronic devices, yeah. you know? It's not doesn't make anything easier, that's for sure. Annie has to do this though because Frank had to leave town unexpectedly. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. You don't know the reasons. So it was, you know, he went to go see Jane and then he had to leave for and some reason. To, he had to see a guy about a thing, you yeah. know. That's all you get to hear. Annie does check in with her. She's like, so how are things going? How do you like the company? How are, you know, how's the new addition? And it very much so seems like even though Emma loves the new direction of Emma Approved, she's really happy with like the fact that they're making a difference. She's not so happy with the person responsible for helping to make it happen. Even though she's doing
0: a good job.
1: Yeah, she acknowledges that. She's like, yeah, we're doing like work that impacts the world. But she just still has this major... Conflict between with her and Jane like they just don't get along they don't get each other so they have such different approaches to work Mm -hmm. so it's difficult for them to like really work well together
0: and so Annie's like you know who personality wise is very similar to Jane Alex because they're like bleep blorp bleep blorp I love work efficiency (laughs) efficiency I mean she doesn't say that that's me but it's like she's like they're kind of similar are they
1: they, a thing
0: and Emma's like, no, they're not a thing. And she's like, are you sure?
1: Well, Annie makes some really great points. She's like, oh, so they hang out a lot together. They're always planning things together. Oh, they're out to lunch right now mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Emma is very intuitive about these things. And she picks up on this, the smallest things. She kind of relies more on speculation than actually seeing things. Speculation is so, her forte. Yeah, <laughs> They share similar tastes and hobbies. That doesn't mean anything. Relationships can be boring when people are too similar. Yeah,
0: but you have to have some common ground, shared goals, time spent together. Isn't that what you write about in
1: your blog? They are very similar. and I think they both would be too practical together, but I think as they could be really great friends or maybe they are already really great friends. Maybe Annie knows Emma's feelings toward Alex or, like, their feelings toward each other. And she's just trying to push this button for Emma and being like, you know, maybe who else would be good for Alex? Jane. And so trying to push... Emma into realizing she has feelings for Alex. I like the reverse
0: psychology on that. It'd be nice if Annie's kind of doing some like big picture matchmaking and she's trying to like push Alex and Jane together for the short term so that he and Emma can be together for the long term. Yeah.
1: Because even Annie pointing out the practical laptop gift, like who would get that for her? Yeah. Alex. Because he noticed like her laptop was really old. He would just get her a new laptop and expense it or pay for it himself. Who knows? Mm And then Annie remembered the bet that
0: uh, Alex and Emma made that we talked about in episode 14, where she's like, if I'm right about the Westins, then you get to let me set you up. And Emma's like, but I already cashed in on that. And she's like, well, cash in again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or just make the suggestion.
1: Yeah. How does Annie know about that bet? I don't
0: know. I was thinking about that, too, because I was like, that bet was made about Her and Ryan, and not that I do, but if I took bets on my best friend's relationships, I wouldn't tell them about it. I would keep that way deep down. (laughs) It would be a secret. Uh, But I guess they have a
1: very open friendship. Maybe it could be a thing like after the wedding, after everything settled down, it was like a jokey thing they brought up, and we bet on you. (laughs) And (laughs) and I won. (laughs) It's like, no, even then, that'd be weird to bring up. Which is, again, one of the things where like these videos – I don't think, are being put up in real time. Yeah. So it's not like Annie can go back and watch them. Um, in the same way, like, Lizzie Bennet Diaries, we knew that that was happening. Yeah. So it's not like Annie would have gone back and watched that episode. Nope. These so are I, not public I, videos. I don't know how Annie knows about the bat. And that's just a forever question we'll let's, have.
0: Let's not dwell on it. No. Or
1: let's email
0: um, the writer.
1: And like, Excuse us, <laughs> we have a question. And she's gonna be like,
0: "What? I don't even yeah, remember it was five, writing this six years ago." <laughs> We're like, it's very important.
1: That's kind of where it ends. I mean, now they're gonna set another bet uh, between Annie and Emma to see if Jane and Alex are actually a couple, or to see We're, like, like if they'd be a good match. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Annie thinks they would be, Emma d- thinks they wouldn't be, and mm-hmm. that is the new bet. Yes. What they win, they didn't set terms, it's just for pride I've, and glory. <laughs> I feel like the whole point
0: of setting a bet is to get stuff out of it. Right. But uh, it's not me, it's them, and that's fine. They're going to have their little pride bet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, like, Emma could have been like, you have to give cupcakes for my auction or something, and and uh, Annie could have been like, and you have to plan my uh, i don't know anniversary vacation or something who knows uh, there
0: is something to celebrate coming up with her coming very soon
1: oh really i don't remember
0: that's perfect because i did that it's episode and I, it's coming up very soon <laughs> next week on the pemberley podcast
1: so with that let's go to the comments where we read original youtube comments from when these episodes first aired starting with episode 53 Eric says, Frank is being extremely helpful, nice, yet plotting. Wanting to figure stuff out. He's acting very Emma-ish. Too Emma-ish. Something's up. I like that Emma-ish. Ella says, Emma, jumping to
0: conclusions. It's clear here why Frank would never be a good match for Emma, despite their similarities. Frank simply brings out the worst in Emma. Alex is her voice of reason. Alex makes Emma's life better.
1: Oh, that's very poignant. Yeah. I don't know if, like, he brings out the worst in Emma. I think they're just both very gossipy Gossip, people. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, so, yeah. like, they have fun. <laughs> they're co-conspirators, yeah. you know? Chelly says, I feel bad for Emma for thinking that Frank is smiling at her. But in reality, we know he's smiling because Jane got the laptop she needed. Because mm-hmm. there, there is that cute moment where she's like, why are you smiling? And he's like, why are you smiling? But he's smiling after hearing about the laptop. And seeing
0: Jane and being like, I love you. (laughs) Episode 54, Eve says, in all caps, Emma, your jealousy is
1: showing. Caroline says, oh, and Emma, Annie jumping to conclusions based on what she sees is far better than jumping to conclusions based on a few tweets. Just saying. I mean, Annie's the one who kind of woke Emma up
0: and said, like, I don't think Senator Elton is interested in Harriet. Right. I think she's interested in you. So Annie does have, like, powers of observation. She does,
1: yeah. She's dealing in reality. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. She's like, I just call it like I see it. Yeah. And Melody
0: says, yes, I've been waiting for this scene because it's the turning point where Emma finally starts to realize her feelings for Knightley. Love how they incorporated it.
1: Yeah, we are... We're 54 episodes in, and it's, it's starting to happen. <laughs> yes,
0: because there's like 80 something episodes. There's 70. 72.
1: 72. 71. 72.
0: Oh my gosh. So we're at 54. Yeah. It's going to end at 72. Wow. We're less than 20 episodes. The countdown is on. Yeah. For Emma to realize her feelings for Alex and vice versa. Exactly. What will they do next? This episode has been Pemberley,
1: Pemberley Podcast approved. Podcast approved.